0: Hello, everyone. I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another live edition of Rural Route, the program where we gather every day at this time. Well, we do it Monday through Friday anyway. And what we do is we continue to address the issues between rural and urban America. I've had a rule since the beginning of Rural Route that it is never, ever a good idea to have more than three people. Three's too many. Four would never work. But in exchange for staying at his house, I had to give him airtime. So Andrew Henderson, Jay Druitt, and Greg down. Yeah, but we
1: put him out on the porch. He's out on the porch. I'm over in the yeah, office. Yeah. So we can't we can't have both of us in the same room well, at the same time.
0: No, here's the deal. Uh, well, I wanted fair, him to well, sit here right fair beside fair. me. A- oh, no, Andrew, I wanted him to sit right here beside me so that, you know, we could just share instead of having an extra connection. Oh no, he's got to have that K State Power Cat flag behind him, right. or he can't be on the air. That's just absolutely ridiculous, Andrew. Yeah, what- it's
2: good. I, I think it's good because he's got his own space, and he, uh, he and that's, that's a good. That's that's, good, that's a good way of doing it. And also, I think it's really interesting. It's the first time that I've done a show with two gypsies on the same show.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> You shouldn't talk about Trent and Jay like that. That's what he's doing. Uh, yeah, I am- Hey Andrew, Andrew.
3: The other the other thing that you should know is I've been on the outside of Greg's house. That's not Greg's house. Um, oh, is it? A- it looks like he probably just dropped Trent off at a neighbor's <laughs> somewhere <laughs> and is stealing no. the wife from him. There,
0: just <laughs> well, down the road. Greg's- there's a. There's a house without a roof and Greg said, right. Oh, there won't be anybody in there. Just go in there and make <laughs> yeah, yourself at home. Exactly. Trent <laughs> Trent
3: will just think that I've fallen on hard times. He won't say a word. Yeah. He'll just stay there and be happy.
0: Yeah. Well, if you yeah. if you're
2: a lobbyist getting getting throwbacks from the Democrats, you haven't got anything through yet. So there's there's no way anybody can pay you.
3: <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. No. It's coming. Well, I no. think it might be. The big, well, see, they tax,
1: they tax your house less if it doesn't have a roof. So that's the reason right. you go that route.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I still the I, say well, taxes. Oh,
2: Greg, do you know that that, that is, could, couldn't be farther from being true? Because do you know that that's what brought down the Greek economy? That very That very conversation we're just having now? Because yeah. they told the Greeks that if they only built one story, and they yeah. kept the, the, the uh, pylons coming out of the top of the roof. They didn't have to pay tax until their houses were completed. Yeah. So, none of, them, so none of them completed the second story. That's what bankrupt the country.
1: Yeah. Well, and actually in uh, uh, countries in South America, I believe Peru was that way for a while as well here in, in modern days. Yeah. Yeah. But
3: there you yeah. go. There you go. Um, There's always a scam.
1: There's always a scam, and, and Jay Truett always knows what it is,
0: because <laughs> he yeah. created it. That's why. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah that's I'm
3: right. happy. If it's a tax scam, I'd love to be the. It. I'd love to be the one. Right, <laughs> so yeah. that's fine. Yeah, I'm all good. As long as it's still legal at the end of the day.
0: Well, that's right. I don't know. I don't know how that worked out for him, though, Greg, because the other three of us actually have a house to live in. What are you living yeah. in Jay?
3: <laughs> yeah I'm in the, I'm, in, I'm in the camper. parked out back because my folks didn't want me to be seen from the road so they made me get down off in the woods a little ways. It, I'm far enough I'm far enough off the road that the fright that we were here. honest to goodness this happened. we, we, we parked underneath some big trees because as some people know in uh, in Missouri this time of year, it can be Hades during the day, and still be, you know, uh, uh, maybe cold in a, in a couple of days compared to where I've been in Puerto Rico. So we park back behind some trees. We have this beautiful view out the out the window, but a deer, white-tailed deer, about two o'clock in the morning, jumps the fence. Um, thinking that she's cut through here for the last 10 years, unobstructed and just (laughs) ran into the side of the camper. (laughs) We thought we'd been hit by a truck (laughs) in the middle of a field. It was, uh, it was, you know what? That'll wake you up. It just, honestly, that's one of those things that'll wake you up in the middle of the night, but welcome to the country, huh? but,
2: But Jay, we've seen you go from a penthouse in Puerto Rico. Yeah. Caravan in Missouri. Is
3: that where you are? Where are you now? The Biden. Yeah. The Biden economy has hit some of us harder than others. (laughs) (laughs) Under under. Yeah. Under Trump, I went to three homes and uh, under (laughs) Biden, I've gone to no homes. So I don't know what to say.
1: He's a leading economic indicator. (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah he is
2: yeah. And, the, yeah. Uh, and over to CNN now yeah the J. True indicator is really tanking
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah but oh.
2: anyway let's talk about some pretend horse drug that people haven't been taking and getting ill from but anyway uh-huh. there we go
0: where, where, where did that come from? You want to talk about wormers that were designed for humans to be wormed, and then evolved into the animal ag world, and now people are trying to tell you that humans shouldn't be taking it? Is that what you want to talk about? Yeah, well, I
2: think everybody knows it. That's what's been going on. I, I think it's funny that Rolling Stone magazine broke the story.
0: Oh was then yeah, picked
2: up by NBC.
0: Just, uh, I, uh, I'll tell you what I find most interesting about this is that if you don't research this, I'm guessing people don't know, but the Core ingredient, the active ingredient from ibomectin, and the active ingredient from antibiotics, both came from fungus in the soil. Ibomectin came from fungus in the soil in Japan, believe it or not. Which probably Andrew has something to do with your electric magnetic field you were talking about, and the vulva are yeah. the vulva, the volcano ash. I was judging pigs for three days talking about vulvas. Yeah. That's where that <laughs> came there from. There you go. The <laughs> volcanic yeah. ash that, that almost uh, went
3: south though, didn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah, it almost works out. Almost being the key word. <laughs> but I mean, it's just so, interesting. All that stuff comes from a fungus in the soil, and the, yeah. and the rooster it, likes it too.
1: And the rooster
0: likes
2: it. It's not surprising that medicines are, um, uh, uh, you know, coming from natural sources. If you think about it, because that's where all medicine is likely to come from, isn't it? If you think about it, Trent.
0: Uh, absolutely. It's, and that's so Greg, a direct your result. View on this debate,
2: Greg. What's that's your a, view on this debate? Well, have first of all, before Greg weighs story? in,
0: that's a direct result of living in too sterile of an environment. We don't have that natural exposure to the elements of the world, Greg. Well, I the only thing that I would say is just in general, people
1: don't do their homework this day and age, and it, it's shocking to me that folks in the journalism world, you know, there's a thing called Google. There's other ones too, you know, that you could use. To do some basic homework and looking things up for somebody, especially under the age of thirty, uh, that that uh, does this stuff every day, the fact that nobody bothered to look and see what this stuff was, or the fact that somebody won what a Nobel Prize for developing it here just a few years ago, is, is
2: shocking. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've been on the east. I've been on the east coast, fellas, since Thursday. And the common discussion is you can't find Ivermectin anywhere. All of a sudden,
3: right? Yeah, I think what what seems to interesting to me, right, is a little bit of the point Greg made, which is that the media remain naive. naive. It's not that they are right. naive, but they've we. I mean, this is like the third time I think that Rolling Stone has pumped the the entire media inspector, and somebody still fell for it, right? They've had to completely retract three stories over the last, say, five years, going back to the Virginia rape case uh, expose that they did that turned out to be 100% fabricated. I mean, almost every word they printed was fabricated. They got caught doing that to Trump once uh, on, a, on a matter, and now I'm, I'm drawing a blank on what it was. And now this, and each time NBC in particular – fell for it, and once it made the NBC page, then it became a bigger story across the mainstream. That's number one. Number two is, uh, again, a little bit to Greg's point, This it's not rocket science, you know, to figure out really kind of where some of this stuff comes from. You literally only have one call or talk to one entity, and then what you find out is that a whole bunch of people who typically would be the shamers in the crowd... Right. Um, Or that would be ragging on people for trying therapeutics that might address a a health symptom as opposed to trying to take uh, some other course of action. They're uh, they're doing one thing and saying something else. And Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's kind of hilarious, honestly.
0: Yeah, that's Jay uh, Drew. We need to take a break already. We will come back with what I never will do on the radio. Put four people in one conversation. I will, though, suggest that you go to Lone Creek Cattle Company and get more details about being a part of the certified Piedmontese system. I was just sitting here thinking about how beautiful a Piedmontese bull would look right in that corner paddock over there (laughs) if he only had some cows to breed. And if you have cows to breed, you can use a bull without even acquiring a bull. You can get semen. Or you can get lease pulls or do both. Marlin Will has full details, but it's just about shipping time. And that means that the market plus $180 will be in your bank account soon. If you talked about getting this done last year. So let's talk about 2022 and do that with Marlin Will at com. We're back with the second segment of Roll route after this. Welcome back. We're all out. Uh, How come he didn't let your rooster out, Greg? Well, you because he would have up. been
1: out there with those Piedmontese heifers, and it. it would have been a big
2: mess. <laughs> I think. I think. I, I think Jay's just gone to his bedroom in the fridge. Oh no, he's back. There. <laughs> hey,
3: listen. I walked. It took me twelve seconds. I walked all the way to the other end of the house. Leave me alone.
0: Uh, so. I saw Margaret make a statement that I, I just want to address because there will always be rumors. Well, two things, Greg. I agree with Lester. Don't go to, excuse me, Google because they'll hide the facts. Go to DuckDuckGo where you can get access to information without an agenda. Secondly, uh, McTern, it has run through the patent stage. And the reason that nobody can actually corner the market, so to speak, is because there's no patent on it. And anybody can take the active ingredient and make the brand that they want to.
2: No money, no money. What did um, Amanda Radke just say? I, I came flashing up on the screen because she said a very good point about that.
3: That um, She said that uh, know,
0: because it works, they are yeah. going to take it off the shelf and not make it available to the public.
2: Okay, now listen, guys. I'm not trying to hog the limelight, but I'm about to. Can I ask you how much you know about what news has come out from America during the night? Because what time is it there this morning? I don't
0: know anything.
2: You Greg guys had me doing the- chores
0: this morning, and the dew in my pants are wet up to my knees, like it was my dad making me walk <laughs> soybeans in the morning.
2: Stories, just just come, come on. No, you know? I, tell us. The
0: tell only us.
3: thing I read. Yeah, the you only know? thing I read was the back of the coffee packet when I poured it in this morning. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. I want to hear what's up.
2: I, I want to read. I want to read this to you because it's exactly the subject that we've just been on. And I want to see how this is going to implode over the next three hours, because I think it has to implode, and I'll explain why. But I'm just going to read this to you. Justin, this was at 3.15 this morning. More than 900 pages related to US-funded coronavirus research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology were released following a a federal lawsuit by the company Intercept. According to Richard Ebright, a molecular biologist at Rugers University, the materials confirm the grant-supported construction in Wuhan of novel, chimeric, SARS-related coronaviruses that combined a spike gene from one coronavirus with genetic information from another coronavirus, and the confirmed and confirmed the resulting viruses could infect. Human cells. The documents make it clear that assertions by Francis Collins, then NIADID director Anthony Fauci, that the NIH did not did not support gain of function research or potential pandemic pathogen enhancement at the Wuhan Institute of Virology is untruthful. It then goes on to say, in a second uh, uh, um, uh, pit paragraph, that Dr. Fauci lied about a study on remdesivir, remdesivir, which is part of the protocol that the UK and the USA are using to care for, think of Robert David Steele, people who are in IT, ITU, uh, and, or what do you call uh, emergency I c- beds? ICU. Okay. okay. So Fauci lied about the study on Remdesivir. He said it was, it's useful Ebola was effective and that's why he was pushing it for SARS-CoV-2, which is COVID-19. The study he referenced and put on the NIH website showed remdesivir, which is the the, the drug, was ineffective. It It was so ineffective it, in fact, was killing the patients. It was shutting down their vital organs. This was released last night. Now, it one hundred percent verify it's all over the Internet. But what's mm. happened is that uh, uh, Twitter and Facebook have tried to take it down. Just, I'm just telling you, because it came out at uh, 3.15 this morning. But it's 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 gaining a lot of traction because it now proves Rand Paul is one hundred percent. They've got all the documents, all of the information. I've, I've read some of it. It's all there. It's proof that it's a bioweapon. So my question is this, guys. You have a senator who now has the evidence to ask somebody from law enforcement to arrest somebody who has actually lied to Congress. They now have concrete proof he is alive. They've also got proof that he's been using a medical drug that actually causes death. They've got two bits of proof there. My question is, what will they do with it? Will Rand Paul now put his, you know what, on the, you know what, and make sure that the legal process begins?
3: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I might just respond immediately that um, so it's pretty interesting stuff, right? Obviously, that's big breaking. That's big breaking information. Um, there's not really a lot mechanically that Rand Paul can do. Um, he can't actually. Really, bring a charge. He can't really act in any way that would cause any authority, and that and that does mean that you're back to the Department of Justice or somebody within that realm um, actually making the charge. It would be, I think, my the first place my head went was it would be interesting to see if some Attorney General in a in a state might actually file a charge. And begin a a discovery process, right? That would kind of force the Department of Justice to do something. I do think that ends up be, being the more likely uh, case because the Department of Justice historically doesn't really get involved in these uh, in 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 everything except for the uh, the the treason angle of that, right? Um, or lying to Congress. I'm you a
2: question. You're, are, you, are you telling me you're allowed to lie in Congress? Because he's actually been point blank yeah. asked the question, did you finance gain of function on SARS-CoV-2 virus in the Wuhan lab? And he categorically said the words no. And this this evidence, this 900 pages, proves he has lied to Congress. And are you saying that doesn't mean anything in America?
3: Not Not a great deal. Um, it, you can go to jail for it, yes, right? I mean, it's something that you can go to jail for. But um, uh, I think the first person, the first and only person I can think of off the top of my head that ever went to jail for lying to Congress was Roger Stone. Um, I, I mean, people have been prosecuted for it, but they never actually went to jail to lie for how, that.
2: How serious does the crime need to be? I mean, it, we are talking one heck
3: of a crime here that's what I said the so the aspects of it that might be considered uh, uh, terroristic or treason or something else that'd have to be taken up by by a pure a pure law enforcement entity that's just not the the way our system is is set up Andrew uh, Congress just wouldn't wouldn't act and I, I do think the Department of Justice is going to probably um, they they would end up doing some, asking some questions right and they're going to tend to believe the people that they work with over at nih and fda and et cetera. and somebody will have some evidence blah 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 what you will find no. is somewhere hopefully there's some attorney general in some state that will file it if you look where our mesothelioma cases and the and the paraquad and the and the roundup cases all started those all start out in court somewhere. They don't really start in Washington, D.C. It's still... I, we're I, still he,
0: he needs to be ahead. treated like a serial killer. Yeah, I
3: and
2: mean, that's I, where I can't understand... Jay, Jay, I can't understand why, if ever there was a time, whether they're rhinos or not, where with that sort of... because it, it, it is pretty irrefutable. I mean, I think mm-hmm. you're going to find that there's no way they can get out of it. I can't understand... Why the rhinos and the, the the whole of the GOP they they have to say when well, presented with this evidence, if they don't come together over that issue, then you know you know what trump Trump's going to be all over this
0: mm-hmm. because
2: he's going to be saying you know this is this is treason, and it's provable now are you telling me that they tra- that they're all going to just Body swerve this. I can't believe they will. If if it can be proven, I can't see how they can body swerve.
0: Uh, Andrew, on. I just want to correct you. There's so many people in front of Trump that should be all over this. That Trump really is irrelevant at this point in time. Okay, there's sorry. people in, yeah. in in office that should be held accountable yes. to justice prevailing.
2: Yeah, I would
1: agree. Yeah. I, I was going to go. I, I going to go a different direction with this. Is just. Uh, The the prosecutor should be here. The jury should be the court of public opinion and the fact that are are we going to let major media and their biases dictate to us what we're supposed to think? Or are people going to react to this in the way they should react to it? I don't understand as a country why we let these major media sources tell us what to think anymore. It's We've got to stop it. It, it, Time has come to to turn the tide on all of that. and, And this is a clear example of where if if folks would just educate themselves and understand what the mm-hmm. facts are, we we could make a major change here in the way we view information in this country. Will we do it or not? I don't know.
0: Well, I've got to I, go. I, 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 I got to go to a break, Andrew, Andrew, we're out of time. I got to go to a break. So I need some prayers as we close out this segment, because my 45 year old brother yesterday went into ICU in Wisconsin and was administered remdesivir and, uh, Yeah, it's a a tough day for me and our family, so what I'm going to do as we close out this segment is just ask for the most important remedy that we could have, and that would be prayers for Troy Luce. We'll be back for the second half of Roll Route after this. Welcome back, Roll Route, Trent Luce, alongside Greg Dowd, as I'm... Unfortunately, coming to you from his patio today, whether Jay Truett believes it or not, Jay Truett alongside and Andrew Henderson bringing us the news six hours ahead of when we can get it.
2: Well, Trent, you've just bombshelled me there. Um, but I have to tell you that what's being said in the media since then, because mm-hmm. it is come across the pond, is that the, the evidence suggests that that drug you've just commented on is shutting down the kidneys and co- causing pulmonary edema and killing people.
0: I know. And, and really the issue is, you know, no matter what the media does, the medical community should not adopt a strategy until they know for a fact that it works and it's not harmful. And, and yet they're doing it left and right. Uh, fortunately, well, it, this, this hospital seems to be communicating with Dr. Ted Fogarty and he's trying to guide the ship. Troy just waited too long until he did anything. He waited a week. He should have never done that. But now we just have to f- find the answer.
3: Yeah.
2: Well, did he did he, did he yeah. try ivermectin or anything like that?
0: Well, after I found out about it, which was seven days into him feeling poorly, it was too late.
3: Yeah. Oh. Uh- I. So I think I think the point that you just made, Trent, though, still becomes the point. And Greg said this just a, a few seconds ago. And I, it, I mean, if there's nothing else that the public, uh, in, at least in the United States, we, you know, uh, I would hope that the UK would do the same thing because I know they're facing almost exactly the same issue, despite the fact that I feel like I get better information from um, British. Um, News sources most days Than I do from U.S. news sources Just generically um, uh, On what's happening In the United States They have some better reporters Um, It's the fact that uh, And again just like to quote Greg Almost word for word The American public has to stop Believing what they see Read and hear From the media And just take it as As bits of information that they need to consider against all evidence that they can find and unfortunately, uh, the American public is going to have to go through and, uh, we're going to have to do this on, on every piece of legislation that we hear about in the future, et cetera, because you really just can't trust the sources. And I believe the same thing would be uh, true in the UK, in Italy, in the sedan yeah. in um, wherever you name it. Um, uh, we've, I just we've think got it's just a, a th- sad day. We've got, we've got just as big a problem as you have, to be fair. Um, yeah. and,
2: and we yeah. only have one outlier, really, that's giving us the right news. And I know where that is. It's a bit like you've got one or two. You've got one or two outliers that are giving you the right news. And just to bring this back to a British perspective, because um, I think we've been using a similar drug, but it's got a different name, but I think it's the same protocol. Um What has amazed me is that um, Public Health England have just announced the latest death and cases for COVID. And it's very obvious now, in my opinion. It's my opinion, you need to look at the figures. uh, I'll I'll publish them on the site later on. But it's very obvious that we have now got an epidemic of the vaccinated. Uh, 62% of our deaths are the double vaccinated. And it looks as though it's actually increasing the chance of people under 50 from dying of covid now our government has been advised by the doctors in this country not to use the jab on 12 to 15 year olds but they're going to do it anyway citing that they won't they don't want to see disruption in schools but if you think about that they know that we're passing the virus anyway and i want to give you an example of how i'm getting very upset about all this because i go and see my 86 year old mother and i have to have a test To go to visit her and yet and i think i've said this before if i had been vaccinated i don't need a test i can just go and yet we know that the vaccinated and the unvaccinated are spreading the the disease and i i I am given to understand that there may be a covid outbreak in my mum's care home now so it has to have come from the vaccinated and guess what from a civil liberties point of view from the first of october in the uk our government has now stated that they're extending the emergency uh, powers act without a vote and i will have to go to any sporting or major event from to, from the 30th of uh, september i have to have a covid passport to be able to attend events even though they know that there's absolutely zero scientific evidence or proof that that has any effect whatsoever in fact they know the opposite that the uh, virus is spreading at an alarming rate. And we're on the same trajectory as Israel is at the moment. And if you want to see what vaccinating 92% of your population does, go and have a look at Israel, because they've got the fastest growth rate of COVID cases and the highest increase in death rates per capita. So what I'm saying is that this is far more, far, far more than a pandemic. And it is time that people... From the United States of America and from the United Kingdom, wake up and smell the coffee.
0: Yeah, around the world, every country except Sweden, they're already they're
2: there. Yeah.
0: I, I, yeah, I have to add, I, I don't believe that my brother was jabbed, uh, but I have lost three other friends in the last seven days that had double jab.
2: So it's it's indiscriminate, isn't it? It just means that it's it doesn't not, matter. Yeah, it doesn't. It's indiscriminate. It's telling us that it, the job doesn't matter mm-hmm. either way. And, what it's telling us and, is that something is and, seriously wrong.
0: And somebody who watches this broadcast on a regular basis, who I'm not going to out, as a professor, has had a student contact this professor and say that my student actually was involved in designing that lab in Wuhan that your report was talking about when you started today, Andrew. And this student, or I should say former student of this professor, actually recognized that at the end of the project, there was some ill intent involved in what he had been a part of and didn't know how to handle it. But he didn't know until it was over.
2: And that's why I look at this, and it's now becoming extremely upsetting, isn't it? We're all sat mm-hmm. here thinking, we know that there's something what do we do? very nefarious going on. and it's, and it's uh, And you know that... Just, I, I want to ask the question, Gap, just imagine if this was linked to Trump. If Trump was allowing this, just imagine what the mainstream media would do to that. You know, what's your mm. thoughts on that, folks?
0: Well, I, I just want to say, along those regards, if what we're saying about being jabbed is accurate, Trump is not part of the solution because he's been actively promoting it. I don't understand that. Well, you have to ask a question.
2: I, I, I'm quite, I, I, I can not argue that, but I can, he, he has to believe that if you have a head of, of the of medical profession, if you have a head of the medical professions across the whole of America telling you these things are safe, and mm-hmm. you, you as the president of the United States have to believe that you have got people employed that are going to tell you the truth. If it turns out as a result of what's being said that, this guy is the problem. Then I, you know I I'm not saying that you can really hold him
3: but responsible. You know I. Right. So listen. I, well, I would just i would just I would add this right. And I here's one. I think when we start going down the path, uh, Greg will tell. Greg and I worked together for a lot of years, and and some people uh, would be aware of that. Some not, but he will tell you this as well. I'm. Typically, I am one of the last people that will buy into conspiracy theory. I like to hear them, right? And I like to go through them. And over the last couple of years, it's been proven that a number of the uh, bizarre conspiracies that the left developed were false. And some that came from the other side turned out to actually be accurate. And so sometimes that starts to reinforce the idea that all of these conspiracies, you know, become true. I think, I think one of the, I mean, this is maybe this is exactly the wrong advice at this point. So I don't want people to hold it to me, but I do think that this is when you get a piece of information like this, one of the first things that you need to do is take a breath, right? And stop and really let, I I think even in this particular case, my, my kind of my initial response is, so let's make sure for once that we're going to make a decision on good sound information and figure out who we're going to do, who we're going to allow to actually influence that. Because one of the things, and I say that all because I think that's the trap that Trump fell into as well. He began to listen to this increasingly small number of advisors that, that had some credibility, so to speak. And, and maybe those people were just, um, for lack of a better term, the kindest word you can say is that maybe they were just dumbasses that shouldn't have been believed and maybe they were really intelligent ones. And so with all of that, with all of that put together, you've got to sort that out, right? You got to figure mm-hmm. that out and determine it because what you but- really describe here as I think about it is, is that we've had a complete failure of the entire system that we approve all of these, all of these products through, And then the question is, who aided and edited? Who aided and abetted this thing from top to bottom?
0: Yeah. First of all, oh, go, Greg, go go ahead, Greg. Greg. Andrew,
1: Andrew, what I would just chime in here and say is, is, uh, in in my years in Washington, I'm not a big conspiracy theorist. I'm just a believer in a lot of incompetence in this town.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's fair. But but there yeah. are no conspiracy theories. But yeah. there, but there are no coincidences either, Greg. There, they, and that's, that's something that Bannon says all the time, and and he's right. And when uh, when people say if there was a plan to lock down the world's economies, just just hear me out, and 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 cause um, us to implode in terms of the financial uh, s- structure worldwide. And reduce the population. If there was a plan, then the only way to stop that plan from coming to fruition, and Mary Sneed had said that if that wa- if that was true, would be to accelerate the the use of a vaccine to stop them in their tracks. In just periodically locking you down, and as walking down the road that people walked down in the nineteen thirties without realizing there was a problem. Papers, lockdowns, more jabs. Papers, lockdown, more jabs complete control of the population. And if there were people who were doing that, then the only way to stop that was to be to, would be to accelerate the process to show it for what it really is. Now, that's a conspiracy theorist, but there are no coincidences. There are no coincidences that the guy that runs all of America's health policy is directly linked to that Wuhan site. There are no coincidences that his wife then gives... Gives the the, the tick in the box to say that it's approved. She works for the organization that approves vaccines. I got to go. That's a coincidence. That's not a conspiracy. Protect the harvest,
0: continuing to remain in the front lines, protecting property rights. All of this comes back to property rights. If we don't maintain property rights, we have nothing to fight for. And that is what Protect the Harvest does. Details at protecttheharvest.com. We got one segment left after this. Welcome back. Roll out Trent Loose alongside Andrew Henderson, Jay Truett, Greg Dowd. All right. So um, Andrew, we we're not going to solve this problem today. Um no, Jay and no. you and I will be here next Tuesday. We have Greg on a limited basis. We it would be my fault if we let this program conclude without what I learned last night. That uh, this guy who has joined us has accomplished representing the United States trade representative's office, the person that negotiated with China. And even the agricultural media, Greg, is not sharing with the world what has happened in the past 12 months with our trade with China. Kind of walk us through some of those numbers and and how we got to this point and why we aren't hearing more about it.
1: Well, Trent, I would say to be fair, some people – and agriculture, Agripulse, and, and others are talking about it. I I think it is really remarkable where we are in commodity prices, and I think in large part it's been driven by Chinese demand. And the the question is that everybody wants to know, is this real? Is this a mirage? What What's really going on with China in terms of agriculture? And it's a great question, Trent, because the Chinese intentionally obfuscate And make it difficult to understand what is going on in China. We saw a situation here back in April and May where some folks were putting out some English language publications on numbers and supply and demand data inside of China. And and, uh, all of a sudden, one day, some folks showed up at their doorstep, and that was the end of it. And uh, then it became very opaque again, what was going on. But the Chinese demand for agricultural products is unbelievable right now. They're buying more agriculture from the world than total U.S. ag exports. Total U.S. Ag exports are like 150 billion. The Chinese are importing more than 150 billion. We're seeing that particularly being driven on the meat side of the equation. They are importing uh, less pork now because they've been able to rebound uh, their domestic pork production, even though they still have ASF. But uh, their demand for corn and soybeans is unbelievable. It's unlike anything we've ever seen in the history of the world. And uh, half the hogs on the planet are in China. They're not going to be fed uh, food scraps, swill fed anymore. They're going to be fed corn and soybean meal. And that's going to drive an enormous change in agriculture globally for a long time. Yeah, And it's, it's, uh, you know, one of the big things we talked about last night, Trent, was the U.S. is now selling $100 million worth of beef to China a month. A month. We're going to sell them over a billion dollars worth of beef this year. They're buying so much beef from Brazil that I think Brazil has overslaughtered their herd. I think you know it takes about 40 months from the time a steer uh, is born to when it goes to market in Brazil. I think it may take Brazil four or five years to recover their herd. Uh, due to drought and, and their overselling of beef to China. I, I think, to me, on the meat side of the equation, um, the inflationary signals that we're seeing are going to be with us for a long, long time, several years to and,
0: and that's big because if you don't understand China's and, and its history and culture, they've never been a good beef customer of ours. They've been phenomenal pork customers, but this beef thing is really something new. We've never had access to
1: China for U.S. beef before. Until Until, these
3: conversations. uh, Listen, and just to interrupt, until the the Trump administration, led by Greg Dowd and his boss, actually went in and did that. And I think that bears real note because a lot of people don't understand why we why it was so important to renegotiate the terms of that deal. Even people in agriculture just. They, all they got hung up on was the tariff component of that that did cause right. some harm to people for a year. We're going to benefit for decades to come on something that we've been shut out since the beginning of time, essentially. So,
1: so keep in mind, <laughs> in, in January 1 of 2020, we had about 1,500 facilities eligible to export ag products to China. Today, we have over 4,000. Right. We've almost tripled wow. our access. To China, just by virtue of the facilities eligible to export, it's going to take time to grow that. But that's why you're seeing now month after month, our exports just keep growing. And that that's really how, you know, I get asked all the time, Trent, did it really matter what we did with China? And the answer is, yeah, it's going to take time for this to grow. But over time, you're going to see a situation where it becomes a little bit unnerving. The fact that China now has a dominance in terms of global agricultural markets and what they do. If you talk to Andrew, if you talk to a New Zealand dairy industry official, they will say we're actually now to a point where we don't want over half of our dairy going just to China. We want to diversify our portfolio to make sure that we're not beholden there. the, uh, The Chinese are very good at using their market power. Uh, to influence things, and they're very unnerved right now about how much they need, and and how that has the potential to sway markets around the world. They understand how how influential they are, and uh, we've got to be a lot smarter about understanding that role. We got to understand what pork prices in China are every day. We've got to understand what soybean crushing margins in China are every day, because what happens in China now influences our market
2: on a daily basis here in agriculture. Yeah. Well, the same thing's happening here, Greg. I, I, I've been to China five times in the last four years. And our, our growth in beef, pork sales in particular, but beef yep. sales now, we they, they've started to take beef four quarters from us. Uh, Ireland, is, as you know, is a huge supplier of, uh, of milk, dried milk produce, and also uh, uh, beef. Um, but you've only got to look, because uh, I've been to Food Hotel China four times now, You've only got to have a look at the amount of trade that the New Zealanders and the Australians were doing with China. And then look at how much control they've now got of the economies on both of those countries.
1: No, it's true. Keep keep in mind, Andrew, that the price of beef in China – is the same as it is in the United States. Within penny, it's over both places. It's over on average over six dollars a pound. You have, and, and it isn't that one point four billion people in China are buying beef. It's about ten percent of their population no. is is buying beef. That's one hundred and forty million people. That's the same population as Japan. That's the population of half the United States. They're the ones that have the same amount of money in their pocket that you and I do in the UK or in the US. Well, and they're going out well, to and, eat, and, and that's, that's, that's what they're buying. They
2: say- and Greg, they, they they value food more than us because they've they've never had food to value like this anymore. So, for example, uh, uh, a liter of milk that had cost you a couple of bucks in a in a in a in a store in, in America, a liter of fresh milk would cost you ten bucks. And sorry, in, in China it costs you ten bucks. And I've noticed cheese, anything like that, beef. Actually, it's a lot. It actually, retails at a much higher price that it wholesales at the same price, but it retails at a much higher price. And what we're seeing there is that uh, them growing, growing a huge demand only with that ten percent of their population, but that in itself is huge inflationary uh, potential for the rest of us, because of course you take that that raw material out of the world market. You're talking about Brazil, we're talking about um, South America, now America as well in the U.S. in the form of the USA, and um, we are. That, this is quite worrying. When you add that to everything else that's happening with steel and various other raw materials, where is that going to lead the um, the bread or the cost of the bread basket in the Western world?
1: Well, the answer is higher prices stimulate more production, and so over time we'll produce more. The question, from the, the aimpoint research perspective where I work now, Andrew, is who's going to produce that? Where where in the world can? We grow more dairy. Where in the world can we grow more pork? And, and that's where it gets really interesting from a government and regulatory standpoint. We have got to help people understand in the United States, we have the potential to grow and do this. You, you've got to let us be able to do it.
0: Uh, Greg, right along that, you have to follow up with Macy Sawyer's question, which is, do they grow anything for themselves? Because you also can't come become complacent in that they're just always going to be in the marketplace, particularly for our meat products.
1: Well, the, the answer is half of the pork on the planet is in China. And they, China doesn't want to import pork. They want to grow their own pork. They want to import. They know they got to import the soybeans to do that. They're going to import corn as they need to do that to replace the, the feeding of food scraps and, and swill. Uh, but it's going to. The point is, from an inflationary standpoint, fruit. To, from my perspective, it just means food prices are not going down, and over time, this is going to. These higher prices will stimulate more production. We're going to grow more corn. We're going to grow more soybeans everywhere around the world, and then as you look at the dairy side of the equation, the beef side of the equation. Uh, where are the opportunities to, to grow more of that product? I, I like our chances on the uh, pork side and on the dairy side, on the beef side. You know, The challenge is when you have a drought in Brazil or a drought in the U.S. and you, and you have to thin your herd because you don't have the pasture out there, that makes it tough, and it takes a long time to recoup that.
0: Yeah, this impact of the Can western drought could- in 2021 and the cow herds that have been displaced from Montana, Wyoming, Nevada, Everywhere, Arizona. Uh, I don't know that people truly understand how long that takes to fix. And by the way, when a sixty-five-year-old rancher sells all of his cows, do you think he buys them back in three years after it's rained? Not all of them. No, <laughs> no. and that's that's the point
1: in terms of from an inflation standpoint. These prices for meat are going to be high, in my opinion, mm-hmm. for years to come, as because it just takes time to recoup and rebuild all.
2: Uh, I, I just think, Greg, that it's not—it's not just a food takeover. That's the, the problem I've got with this. I'm worried about what the political implications of of uh, America having so much invested in uh, exporting uh, food to China. Well, and you—you you compound with that, Andrew, the geopolitics
0: of all of this, and it, it makes you a little—it's
1: you know, nerve-wracking. There's no question about.
2: It. Yeah, definitely
0: definitely yeah. I, let's, might be a nice time to remind people that since the acquisition of smithfield farms china already owns 30% of us pork production on us soil
1: and uh, i can assure you trent there are people in china that aren't sure that that was a very smart investment on their part there's there's conflicting yeah. opinions even
0: in china and about china, china. china i get, I get I get stories every day about China buying U.S. farms. They're not buying new pig farms; they're just buying land left and right in particular states. So, uh, Jay Truitt, take us home. What's your profound wisdom for the day? Hey, listen.
3: I think this is just one of those times. Number one, that uh, people need to uh, people need to stop think real carefully. Um, and and you mentioned earlier that uh, uh, that you had a brother that was. Uh, uh, that's in the hospital. We're we're in some interesting times, and this is one of those cases where people can either decide they want to trust in governments, trust in the media, or trust in some power higher than themselves to uh, uh, to lead them through the rest of this discussion. And uh, we very well may be in the in the in the place that it's the time for all of us to stop and and uh, and look elsewhere for uh, uh, our guidance because we've been let down a lot over the past several years by uh, mankind let's go ahead and just look up for a little bit and figure it out
0: that'll do it do your homework we've successfully journeyed down the road connecting rural and urban america all four of us remind you that all roads do lead to your roll